are listening to independent community-supported radio, KVMR-FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Monday, June 27, 2022. It's 6 p.m. and it's time now for the KVMR Evening News. Good evening, I'm Claudio Mendonça. The California Report shares some of the sounds from an abortion rights rally in Los Angeles, a reaction from a protester who received an abortion after a sexual assault, and then asks the question, what comes next politically? We close with a report about the protests at the Capitol from our Valley correspondent, Heidi Starr. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. My body! My choice! My body! My choice! My body! That's the sound of abortion rights protesters in Los Angeles over the weekend expressing their rage at the Supreme Court's decision overturning Roe v. Wade and vowing to fight it. The demonstration was one of many held across California in protests large and small. Many who protested had had abortions themselves and said it was time to share their stories publicly. In L.A., the California report met Izzy, who didn't want her last name used. It's very personal to me because I was assaulted in the military by a fellow service member and having access to an abortion literally saved my life. I was at the point where I was like, I'm getting an abortion or I'm killing myself. Meanwhile, anti-abortion activists in the state are celebrating and absorbing the enormity of their victory. Jonathan Keller is CEO of the Fresno-based California Family Council. In some ways, I don't know that I ever thought we were actually going to get to this day. I mean, you always work for it and you believe that it's possible, but I'm I'm still kind of in shock that it's actually here. The Supreme Court's ruling comes during an election year with the control of Congress at stake. And progressive political activists say in the wake of the overturning of Roe v. Wade, abortion and reproductive freedoms will be the biggest issues shaping the political landscape. And this weekend, they started preparing for that fight. In Los Angeles over the weekend, I talked about that organizing and the role of California shaping the elections with Emiliana Guarica, CEO of the Women's March Foundation. This is personal. This is personal. Latina women, I'm a Latina. Latina women and black women are going to be affected the most. Women that look like me are going to be impoverished even further. So we have to take the fight to the state level and we start here. So what does that mean in the coming days and weeks and months heading into the November election, what do you think you and your allies must absolutely do? We must absolutely look at races where the state legislators are anti-abortion rights and make sure that we mobilize, that we register voters, but more than anything, mobilize them to the polls, right? Texas and Florida, California, we're safe. New York, we're safe. We're sanctuary states. But we have a bigger responsibility to our sisters that don't have the same rights. Not everybody can travel. So it is looking at those races in Ohio, in North Carolina, in Georgia, and making sure that we educate women at what's at stake in their state when they elect anti-abortion candidates. So in a sense, you want California to be a kind of command center helping fight the fight that you want to fight in other states. Do I have that right? Absolutely. It will be a hub to fight that fight and to support our sisters that want to fight that fight in their state, right? They may feel alone right now. I can't imagine how women feel in Georgia, how women feel in Texas. 
it's early yet, but in this first weekend after the court decision, do you like what you see so far from where you're coming from politically on this issue? I need more. You need more. I need more from my elected officials. I need the elected officials that I elected to say we are going to expand the courts. We are going to work on codifying Roe v. Wade because that's why we put them in office. I need more for the generations ahead of me. Our daughters and our granddaughters were failed. So we need more from our politicians. Again, that's Emiliana Guarica, CEO of the Women's March Foundation. Let's turn to the legal environment after the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Legal scholars say it's unsettled whether Californians could be held legally liable for helping people from out of state get abortions. With more on that, here's KQED's Danielle Venton. At issue is whether states have authority to criminalize behavior outside of their borders. It would be a stretch, says Kiara Bridges, professor at the UC Berkeley School of Law, but it can't be ruled out. I mean, we've seen incredibly creative uses of the law around abortion. She points to a Texas law that allowed private citizens to sue anyone who helped another person get an abortion. It was innovative to take the state out of the enforcement mechanism entirely. And so I think that we will see same sort of creativity around limiting abortion availability. Governor Newsom announced an alliance with Oregon and Washington to refuse extradition for people being prosecuted for abortion-related actions. For The California Report, I'm Danielle Venton. Support for The California Report comes from Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. The James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at Irvine.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. In addition to repaving the landscape of abortion access across the United States, the Dobbs decision, specifically Justice Clarence Thomas's concurrence, is raising questions about potential threats to other rights secured by past Supreme Court rulings, including protections for same-sex intimacy and same-sex marriage. This weekend, our KQED colleagues were out documenting Pride festivities in San Francisco, including the first annual Castro Family Pride Block party, and we asked attendees about their own fears. Luisa Hurtado was at the event with her wife, Nicole. I was just really sad and disappointed. I'm an immigrant to this country, and, you know, like, there's all of these kind of talks about freedoms and all of that, but uh, this is just the start, and it's just very disappointing because they're going after LGBTQ people, they're going after, like, minorities, and it's just, it's just, it was really heartbreaking for me. Anthony Chen and his husband, Maple, were also at the event with their son, Henry. I'm actually quite concerned that these other landmark cases will be overturned in the future. Um, Obviously, we had thought that that was over and done with, but now, you know, we have a family and now we're worried that that's going to be up in the air, that our status um, as legally married individuals with children Um, is now going to be in jeopardy, and then we have to do that fight all over again. 
Again, that was Anthony Chen and Luisa Hurtado speaking with KQED's Joe Fitzgerald Rodriguez. And that's the California Report for Monday, June 27th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk tomorrow. Friday's U.S. Supreme Court decision to end the federal right to abortion has spurred Native American advocates in New Mexico to voice their anger. In today's National Native News, we'll hear from elder and lifelong Native advocate Noreen Kelly and from Crystal Curley, director of the Native women-led organization Indigenous Lifeways. This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. Native advocates in New Mexico voice anger over Friday's U.S. Supreme Court decision to end the federal right to abortion and leave authority up to states. Elder and lifelong Native advocate Noreen Kelly joined reproductive health and advocacy groups on a press call Friday following news of the ruling. Kelly says in the Native community, women are often the decision makers in the household and men have a role as equal partners. She says male politicians and judges should not have access to a woman's body autonomy. Our decisions are our own. They're made with care. And there's reasonings and holiness behind the decisions that women make. So it, it really angers me and it saddens me that someone still thinks that they can make decisions for women. And I appreciate all the men that are supporting us, but they didn't have that right to speak on our behalf. Crystal Curley, director of the Native Women-led organization Indigenous Lifeways, was also in attendance at the press conference. Curley says Native women already face challenges when it comes to health care and lack access to abortion. Curley says in wake of the high court decision, her organization will continue to advocate for Native women's rights. We know that Indigenous women have always been a threat to this colonial system since day one. And now 500 plus years, women and pregnant people as a whole are now a threat to this colonial system. And it's now that this time is so pivotal that we come together and unite. Abortion in New Mexico is likely to remain legal, while neighboring states in the Southwest are expected to see changes. The University of Alaska Southeast is set to offer a free option for Alaska Native language classes starting in the fall. Claire Strimple reports. Alaska Native Languages professor Hune Lance Twitchell says this is part of revitalizing the Thlingit, Haida, and Simshian languages. We didn't put ourselves in this situation. Our language was banished. It was prohibited. It was made illegal. We were tortured and abused and all kinds of things to get us to stop speaking. So why should we have to pay to learn our own language? There's been a decline in Alaska Native languages over the last hundred years due to genocide and assimilation. For the Lingit language, fewer than 50 people who have been speaking the language since birth are still alive. Many elders who were birth speakers died during the COVID-19 pandemic. But Twitchell says there's also been a shift towards language revitalization over the last decade. For example, Outer Coast, a school in Sitka, offered a free year of Lingit courses during the pandemic. Twitchell says 600 people signed up. 
The move towards free classes at UAS is the next step. I think it's going to be medicinal. It's going to alter the course of the way things are going, and it's really exciting. Arts and Sciences Dean Corinne Silkatis says one of their main jobs is to support faculty and find ways to say yes to projects like this. You have to open doors. You have to bring seats to tables. And I think the way to do that is to create more access. And I think creating free curriculum is a way to create more access for people. Dean Silkatis says the free classes are made possible with help from Sea Alaska Heritage Foundation and a Language Pathways grant. Students who select the free option won't earn credits or receive a grade. Reporting for National Native News, I'm Claire Strempel in Juneau. And I'm Antonia Gonzalez. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. The Indian Loan Guarantee and Insurance Program has worked with lenders for almost 50 years, supporting them as they support you. Have a development or construction project? Information at bia.gov dci, which supports this show. Support for law and justice-related programming provided by Hobbs, Strauss, Dean & Walker, a national law firm dedicated to promoting and defending tribal rights for nearly 40 years. More information available at HobbsStrauss.com. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. According to a release from California State Senator Bob Hertzberg of Van Nuys, Senate Bill 1327, a plan to help end gun violence by allowing private citizens to sue gun manufacturers, passed its first floor vote by the California Assembly. The law, introduced by Senators Bob Hertzberg and Anthony Portantino and backed by Governor Gavin Newsom, passed on a 50-19 to vote in the 80-member Assembly. It next returns to the Senate for consideration later this week. Quote, What we have now is too many shootings, says Assemblymember Phil Ting of San Francisco. This is common-sense gun legislation that puts power back in the people's hands. End of quote. Staying on guns, the Sacramento Bee reported today that the Sacramento Police Department collected 134 firearms during a May 21st gun buyback event. According to Officer Chad Lewis, a Sacramento Police spokesman, the haul included many old hunting rifles, a musket, some shotguns and revolvers, at least one short-barrel AR-15-style assault weapon, a Mac-10 submachine gun, and a Tech-9 semi-automatic pistol. Each weapon was exchanged for a $50 gasoline gift card. May 21st's gun buyback event was the first of its kind in nearly 30 years in Sacramento and was called, quote, hugely successful by Sacramento Police Chief Kathy Lester. Moving to local election results, according to Ubanet.com, the Nevada County Elections Office published the final update of the June primary elections last Friday afternoon, with the uncertified results for the position of Nevada County Auditor-Controller showing Bob Tribble ahead of Gina Will by almost 3,000 votes. 
Also late Friday afternoon, Will's legal counsel sent a letter to the Registrar of Voters, Greg Diaz, demanding an investigation into the qualifications of Rob Tribble and a delay of the election result certification. The letter expresses serious concerns about whether Mr. Tribble meets the qualifications for the office under state and county law and demands that Mr. Diaz's office immediately investigate the matter before certifying the election results. In an email sent out this afternoon, Natalie Adona, Assistant Clerk Recorder, Registrar of Voters for Nevada County, said that while the Elections Office has no authority to conduct investigations, they have forwarded all materials to the proper authorities. The email goes on to say that at this time, certification of the June 7, 2022 statewide direct primary is anticipated for Wednesday, June 29, 2022. Looking now at regional weather, in Grass Valley and Nevada City, clear skies and warm weather continue with breezy winds forecast midweek before a gradual cooling trend into the holiday weekend. Tonight will be clear with a low around 64, Tuesday will be sunny with a high near 92, Tuesday night will be clear again with a low around 62 degrees, and on Wednesday, Grass Valley and Nevada City will be sunny with a high near 89. In Truckee and the Lake Tahoe region, winds will increase Tuesday and Wednesday as a weather system moves north of the area. This will cool the region down midweek. The 4th of July weekend in the Lake Tahoe region will likely be dry, breezy, and cool. Tonight, Lake Tahoe and Truckee will be clear with a low around 50. Tuesday will be sunny with a high near 79. And Tuesday night will be clear with a low around 50. Wednesday will be sunny, cooling to a low around 77 degrees. And moving now to Sacramento, Woodland, and the surrounding valley, although the next two days will be warm, Just like the rest of our listening area, a gradual cooling trend will begin midweek with temperatures expected to be in the high 80s for the holiday weekend. Tonight, the valley will be clear with a low around 63. Tuesday will be sunny and hot with a high near 100. Tuesday night will be clear, cooling down to a low of around 59 degrees. And Wednesday will be hot and sunny with a high near 95. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. Last Friday, we brought you some of the voices of Nevada County women reacting to the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. Tonight, KVMR's Valley correspondent, Heidi Starr, shares this report about the protests at the Capitol that took place that day. The case of Roe v. Wade was brought by Norma McCorvey, known by the legal pseudonym Jane Roe, who in 1969 became pregnant with her third child. She wanted an abortion but lived in Texas, where abortion was illegal, except when necessary to save the mother's life. Her attorneys filed a lawsuit on her behalf in the U.S. federal court against her local district attorney, alleging that Texas abortion laws were unconstitutional. The three-judge panel of the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Texas ruled in her favor and declared the relevant Texas abortion statutes unconstitutional. 
the parties appealed this ruling to the Supreme Court of the United States. And on January 22, 1973, the Supreme Court issued a 7-2 decision in favor of Jane Roe, holding that the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution provides a fundamental right to privacy, which protects a pregnant woman's right to an abortion. This past Friday, June 24th, the Supreme Court handed down its decision in the Mississippi abortion case known as Dobbs, which effectively overturned Roe. Hundreds of protesters gathered outside the state capitol in Sacramento to express their dissent. I spoke with a few, and this is what they had to say. Um, so what brought me here today is that I feel that my right as a woman is being threatened and uh, the rights of a lot of individuals in this country is being threatened. Our right to self-determination, to bodily autonomy, um, you know, it's, it's more than just, um, you know, abortion, it's all those things and to feel like a second-class citizen. Um, it's really damning and, you know, a lot of people will say, well, you're in California, you're safe, which is true, but I just... You know, as a human being in this society, we shouldn't just be thinking about ourselves, but thinking about all the other people in this country that are now threatened by this. They won't be able to make decision, basic decisions about their body and about their future. Um, so that's why I'm here today. I donate to abortion funds. I would encourage everyone else to do so. Um, you know, voting is important. Um, calling your legislators and, and pressing on them, you know, especially right now, I think Congress has the power to pass um, and make abortion um, rights law. And so they should do that. And so we should be calling on our elected officials to do that. And if they don't do that, have a plan to have someone else take their place. Um, you know, and so it goes beyond. And also, too, it goes beyond just, you know, focusing on your individual elected official but um, in Congress, but also your state officials, um, local elected officials, um, and then considering things like, you know, gerrymandering in the Electoral College and making sure that we're questioning that and putting pressure on those types of systems to change as well. What happened in the Supreme Court, in your own words? Why are we here today? Um, we're here because the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, which we kind of saw coming for the last couple weeks. It's a very sad day. It's, it's going to be a day that's definitely going to be marked in history, that's for sure. And we're here for the Queen RBG, yes. because I know that Angel is rolling over in her grave right now. Yes, so that is also why we're, we're here, here for her. For KVMR News, I'm Heidi Starr. That concludes the KVMR Evening News for Monday, June 27, 2022. You can listen to it or any of our past newscasts and stories on our website, kvmr.org, or by subscribing to the KVMR News Podcast. KVMR is supported by our generous listeners and by business supporters like The Pizza Joint, offering New York-style pizza with fresh ingredients by the slice or pie, plus other Italian specialties, salads, and local beer. Open daily for takeout on Commercial Street in Nevada City. The Pizza Joint, nc.com. And SBL Entertainment, presenting the 12th annual 60s pop music tour, Happy Together, on Monday, July 11th at the Crest Theater in Sacramento, featuring the Turtles, Gary Puckett and the Union Gap, the Association, and more. SBLEntertainment.com. Thank you for listening and for your ongoing support of KVMR. My name is Claudio Mendoza, 
Have a good evening and join us right here tomorrow at 6 p.m. for another edition of the KVMR Evening News. Thank <laughs> you.